Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denevsky, and today I spoke with Candy Picard, the president and CEO of the National Down Syndrome Society. As you'll hear, NDSS is a human rights organization that works to improve the lives of those with Down syndrome. It does this by advocating on their behalf, ensuring that inclusive educational environments exist for all students, and through its own employment program, which seeks to increase access to the workforce for people with Down syndrome. These programs, as well as others that NDSS runs, are enhancing the quality of life for so many people, so I hope you enjoy learning about their impactful work. Today I'm speaking with Candy Pickard, the president and CEO of the National Down Syndrome Society. Candy, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Excellent. Thank you for having me. And to start, can you talk a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to the National Down Syndrome Society? Absolutely, Brooke. I'd be happy to. So I've been involved in the Down syndrome community since my son Mason was born. Um, Mason is now nine years old. So uh, for about nine years, I initially started with our local Down syndrome chapter in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I served on their board for a number of years and had an opportunity to come to NDSS. And I've now been in NDSS for six years and was obviously drawn to the work because of because of Mason. And can you just describe for anyone who might not be as familiar what Down syndrome is? Sure. No, happy to. So typically the nucleus of, of each cell contains 23 pairs of chromosomes half of which are inherited from each parent. So Down syndrome occurs when an individual has full or a partial co- or partial extra copy of the 21st chromosome. And what are some of the misconceptions about people with Down syndrome? It's a great question. I mean, people with Down syndrome can do anything you and I can do. However, they just may need different levels of support or time in order, to, order to accomplish different tasks. I think people with Down syndrome can defy expectations every day. More and more people are are getting jobs and careers and getting married and accomplishing great things each and every day. I mean, we have a team member on our team, Kayla McEwen, who's the first registered lobbyist with Down syndrome. And Kayla has really broken down barriers um, and really inspired our community to really go for their dreams. I, yeah, I think it's so cool because a lot of people, especially with the idea that people don't always know what Down syndrome is, it's so easy to have all these misconceptions. So I think it's really important what you do. It is. It is. I agree with you. And can you talk a little about what your mission is? Sure. So the mission of NDSS is to be the leading human rights organization for all individuals with Down syndrome. So we do a lot of work on Capitol Hill and across our program areas on making sure human rights are, are looked at. And can you talk about the NDSS National Advocacy and Public Policy Center and how like, it supports the mission of NDSS to be the leading human rights organization for all individuals with Down syndrome? Absolutely. So our policy team advocates for federal, state, and local policies that positively impact people with Down syndrome across the country. So we work with Congress and federal agencies to develop and improve laws, regulations, and other policies 
um, by really working to have a comprehensive legislative agenda that supports people with Down syndrome. We also train um, and educate parents, self-advocates, and others to advocate on the local and state levels along with the national levels. Um, and then we also help organize and participate in national coalitions that support and help advance uh, Down syndrome, legis- our legislative agenda in Washington, D.C. Yeah, and talking about another aspect of what you do, I know as of all student, I know inclusive education is very important. So especially for including people with Down syndrome to reach their full potential as contributing members of society, can you elaborate on the inclusive education and the importance of down of it with Down syndrome. Absolutely. So inclusion means that all students are accepted as equal in rights and, and as members of their community. Um, NDSS does not believe in segregated environments as placement for primary or partial for any student. Now, while no two students are alike in their skills and talents, each and every student has the right to be fully accepted and an active member of their school, uh, participating with their peers in all activities, instructional, non-instructional, um, and really matching their talents and appropriate supports to help them reach their full potential. Um, a prime example is my son, Mason, nine years old. This last year has been a little challenging, to, to say the least, but Mason's in second grade. And, you know, we finally transitioned back into the classroom um, on the second half of the school year and Mason is in with all of his peers. He attends the morning meetings, he goes to recess, he has lunch, he's there for math and science. Now occasionally he may need a little extra support and some of, um, you know, for math for instance, he struggles a little bit in math. So he does have extra supports that go into the classroom to help support him and occasionally he's pulled out for additional support. So, you know, but it works for him and so each family is a little bit different on what their piece works, but having them participate in class with their peers is is invaluable. Yeah, I'm sure as, as it is for any student, really, it's no different. Yes. And I know you just mentioned how obviously this year is very different for a lot of people. So how has COVID affected your work? So it, we've been home, right? Yeah. <laughs> we've been home for, for a lot of uh, the last year or so. But I think it's really given us, us the opportunity to um, look at what our community needs and really put a primary focus on that. There's been a lot of questions around, you know, COVID and the vaccine and how it, how it impacts our, our folks with Down syndrome, but also from education. I think that's probably our second most most asked question is, you know, how is... How are they being affected? How did their IEPs, um, you know, need to be reevaluated? What other services are they eligible for? And it's so different state to state, but it's been important for us to help support our community as much as we can in those areas. Yeah, it makes sense. And can you discuss NDSS's employment program and how it gives people with Down syndrome access to the workforce? Absolutely. So through collaboration with um, NDSS affiliate organizations, employers, and and other government agencies and stakeholders, um, we create really meaningful change in in the professional lives of people with Down syndrome across the country. Uh, We highlight success stories of individuals with Down syndrome in the workforce online. Uh, We highlight self-advocate-owned businesses. Um, There's many that I could state that you guys have all probably seen on social media, but we um, really focus on 
looking at those opportunities and those skills that we need to help support our self-advocates for, for successful employment opportunities. Um, and then also NDSS is a founding member of the CEO commission. And so that's really looking at the future of work for people with disabilities. Um, we host a lot of webinars and create different resources on this important topic. And another aspect of your work, can you speak about NDSS's health and wellness program, which I know it includes the Buddy Walk program? Yes. So NDSS's health and wellness program is dedicated to health, uh, which we feel is the most important and critical human right. Um, Our health and wellness, which, as you mentioned, includes the National Buddy Walk program, is really a premier advocacy event for Down syndrome in the U.S. and really the most world's most recognized public awareness event program for people with Down syndrome. Uh, We also have an athlete ambassador program, charity racing teams, and then we host a racing for 321 on World Down Syndrome Day, which allows folks at home to have some sort of movement for 3.21 minutes, 3.21 miles swimming 3.21 laps, whatever it works to kind of help us celebrate um, movement and health for World Down Syndrome Day. Yeah, and how do some of these different types of programs fit into your four core values? So one of the, you know, one of our core values is collaboration. And so we're really working, always working for being able to collaborate and do more work um, with our other partner Down syndrome organizations, be it on affiliate level or even on a national level. So for instance, our COVID, around COVID time, we uh, collaborated with the Down syndrome consortium, which was a number of other Down syndrome groups and put together a QA and a um, around COVID and Down syndrome so that our families would have access access to a lot of these questions that were being asked of all of us. And so I think that's just one way that we kind of came together collaborating. And it's something we're continually updating now that the vaccines are available and a lot of other pieces to make sure that we have a, you know, consistent message across our community on what access is available for our community. And I know on your website, you also talk a lot about even like aging and how Down syndrome affects older people. Could you talk about this? Because I don't think a lot of people are as familiar with this either. No. So just to give an example, in 1985, folks with Down syndrome were living into their mid-20s. Now people with Down syndrome are living into their 60s and 70s. And so they're living a longer life than what they were just really just a few short years ago. Um, And so we really had to um, take a shift in prioritizing health as our folks are aging. Um, We're seeing that there's not as much information out there around our aging adults as there is around, you know, our young adults or pediatrics. And so we've been working with a lot of different clinics and 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 professionals and experts around this space and how we provide more information um, to prepare families and caregivers and others for, you know, a long life ahead of them. Uh, we were just speaking with one of our, our committee members a little bit ago. And, and like she said, you know, a long life begins as, you know, as, as a, you know, as a baby, right? So I think the work that our families are doing now with education and early interventions is really leading this path for folks to live a long, healthy life. Yeah, I think it's a whole new issue, but in a positive way in that we are getting to learn more because people are living longer, which is obviously amazing. We are, we are. And I think, you know, we're also learning a lot more as, you know, our community is living longer. We're also learning more about aging and, and Alzheimer's and dementia. And we're realizing, you know, there is an impact on our adults a little bit earlier than what it would be in a neurotypical, you know, individual. And so we're learning a lot about that and how folks can, 
just be able to prepare, you know, if that's something, look at symptoms, diagnosis, and, and being able to just better inform them on what to be prepared for as, as their adults age. Yeah, you mentioned some of these diseases that adults may experience. So would you say that it's more so that they experience them at earlier ages or different ones or just, yeah, what's the different effect on people with Down syndrome? Yeah, I think it depends. It's, it's just like us, right? It just yeah. depends on on what your life looks at. I think what we're trying to do when it comes to like um, Alzheimer's, for instance, is making sure that families understand what some of those early onset behaviors could look like so they can discuss that with their physicians and, and start to kind of look at um, if this is something that could be impacting their families. But we're also looking at, you know, before that, we've got families like mine and others that are now saying, okay, what can we be doing now? You know, could we be living a little bit? You know, my son based on love is a burger and fries, right? Well, probably need to introduce a little bit of lettuce mm-hmm. and a little bit of, you know, some vegetables and some different pieces just to set him up for a healthy lifestyle as he gets older. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of parents that are looking at ways outside of just a, a, a nutritious diet, but yeah. you know other ways that they can look at the future and if there's an opportunity to offset some of these symptoms, um, opportunities for them to do so. Yeah, exactly, which really makes sense for anyone knows you were saying for sure. Right. And I know that you also, you just have a lot of resources for people with Down syndrome. So kind of going back to the idea of education, what is the importance of people just learning more and whether it be someone with Down syndrome or someone who has no idea what Down syndrome is? Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, when I look back at my experience, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with people with Down syndrome growing up. It just wasn't something that I experienced. And I think that now, because of the path that so many families and and organizations have led, you know, NDSS has been around for over 40 years, 42 years. And I think the work that we've done over the last 40 years is really, and the parent involvement is really led to the fact that we're seeing more people with Down syndrome in our local communities. And so I think the one thing that I would encourage people to do is to ask questions. Don't be don't be afraid, right? They're just like anybody else. Um, and I think that read about, you know, if, they're, if you're interested, right, look things up. Our website has a ton of information at ndss.org on just um, about Down syndrome and about different stages within Down syndrome. But I think, you know, make a friend, say hi. I, I think it'll be the best part of your day if you do so. As we said before, not everyone's as familiar with Down syndrome. It can be easy for, I imagine a parent who has no idea what it is can be kind of scared by all these misconceptions. So I imagine it's really important that they learn more about what it actually is so they can be better prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a new and expectant parent guide that's on our website. It's probably one of our most visited resources. Um, But I think it's just a simple way to kind of introduce um, families to this. I think first and foremost, if you have a baby with Down syndrome and, and if it wasn't a prenatal diagnosis, it's a baby. It's just like any other baby. Love that baby. Um, take care of that baby just as you would anything else. And I think a lot of the other things come in time. And it's it's a journey and it's an experience that's different for each of us. But um, I think for, I hate to speak for the whole Down syndrome community, but speaking for myself, yeah. it's something that we've really embraced and, and Mason has changed our family um, in such a positive way. 
And to get an idea of the number of people NDSS serves, how many people approximately are born with Down syndrome each year? And do you just have this information on some of the more statistics aspects? Yeah, so I think the last um, the last numbers that came out from Dr. Scott Co was one in every 600 births um, is an individual with Down syndrome. I think it's really interesting that when I was when I was in the local community in Fort Wayne, you know, we would get calls from the hospital about a new birth, right? And able to go up and, and provide some information to these families. And and just that initial, and I remember my own experience, just that initial kind of opportunity to connect with somebody who's been down that path and 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 can answer some questions is so valuable and so important. And I think families are welcomed. <laughs> If they're ready or if they're not ready, right, they're welcomed into this amazing community um, and can really embrace it at the level of where they are and when they're ready for it. But um, it's a there's always somebody out there to help you, you know, answer a question or help you through a process. And my next question is. Obviously, I'm sure you have a lot of experiences, but are there any particular experiences that you personally have had firsthand that have really shown you the impact that NDSS has had on people's lives? Well, I think there's many, right? There's many. I think that when I think about COVID, for instance, um, our community is very intertwined and we meet at conferences and we we see each other and it's like a big family reunion for all of us. You know, we just embrace and catch up and, and get to see each other. And I think when COVID happened, right, there were no conferences, there were no meetings, there were people getting together. And so we were able to kind of create like an online, um, you know, we called it a coffee chat and we would bring together, you know, a number of self-advocates, which is what we call individuals with Down syndrome together, just to have that interaction with each other to chat a little bit more about what's going on in their life. Um, it even got to the point where sometimes they were talking about things that they were afraid of or that they were nervous about when it came to a variety of topics. And so I think that was a really unique opportunity in which we saw an impact on the folks that we serve uh, because they were able to come together. I think one other one very quickly that we have is, you know, right now one of our pieces of legislation is organ transplants. Um, folks with Down syndrome can be discriminated against for organ transplants varying state to state. And I was able to work with a family in San Diego that um, was denied an organ transplant, his kidney failure, you know, less than 10%. And we were able as a team to help support them and get them in connection with the right folks to where he was able to get a kidney transplant. Now he's living this long, healthy, great life um, with his family. And so I think that that was a, a huge accomplishment, you know, for our team is to just see the impact that um, that made for that family. And now is allowing us to really kind of push some legislation on a federal and state level to make sure that our community is not discriminated against. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. And as you said, I think people with Down syndrome can really do so much more than people have realized. Do you have any stories of people overcoming or just surpassing what people expected was possible for someone? Yeah, well, y'all just, this probably one isn't that surpassing, but right before school ended, I got a call from Mason's school and I was like, oh goodness, what are they calling about now? <laughs> and it was the school nurse and she said, Candy Mason's in the office and he says his tummy hurts and, you know, just because of all the protocols, like we need you to come pick him up. And I thought, huh, okay, maybe he wasn't feeling well this morning. 
The next week I got the call from the nurse that said, hey, Mason's not feeling well. Um, again, he says his belly hurts. And I was like, all right, now he's just getting <laughs> a little smarter than the average. Like, I never in a million years thought that Mason would use probably what I did when I was his <laughs> age and others do, right? To go to the nurse and to say he had a bellyache to where he knew he could come home if he got that. So oh just a God. side note, never underestimate uh, uh, people with Down syndrome. But I think outside of that, I think really seeing, you know, about 30% of our staff has Down syndrome. And that is probably one of our biggest, you know, um, I don't want to say accomplishments, but something we really value yeah. as an organization is because we want people with Down syndrome involved in our day-to-day discussions and, and what we do as an organization to make sure we're impacting the community. So I think that the more and more that we are able to use Kayla and David and Charlotte to really kind of take the lead on what we're doing as an organization is very proud to me. Um, but I mean, gosh, you could hear stories every day yeah. that John Cronin, who's owned his own business, right, and is is selling socks and crazy socks and and George Bush, you know, has worn his socks and did all these different things. So there's some amazing stories out there that hit all different areas of the uh, of the world. And speaking more about involvement, can you talk about your ambassador program? Yeah. So. We have, we call it our Down Syndrome Ambassadors. And so this is part of our advocacy and policy group. And so this is a group of individuals who um, comes together, I believe once a month um, or quarterly to talk about what work NDSS is doing on the federal, state and local levels. And then additionally, outside of that is they have the opportunity to then learn and provide, we provide them training and different pieces to where they can advocate in their own communities. Um, Additionally, we host an annual Hill Day, which isn't open to just ambassadors, it's open to everybody, but we do have our ambassadors that serve as state captains. And so they help us pull together, you know, these meetings with um, our members of Congress and our champions in order to sit down and discuss. And so we always encourage folks, if you're interested in, in change and how you can impact change, this is a great way to get involved, to learn more about um really the laws around our community, but also how you can make an impact in your local community as well. Yeah. And what are some other ways that really anyone can get involved? I think we have a numerous different ways. I mean, you can always volunteer. We host our, our annual buddy walk in New York in September. Um, we do a lot of different events around. We have hosting an adult summit, um, which we do typically in the spring. We haven't quite set the date for 2022 yet, but we have some individual days. Um, outside of that, I think we found some unique ways that folks, you know, if advocacy and policy is not the way that they want to advocate or are comfortable advocating for their loved ones, um, we have our charity racing team and our athlete ambassador team. And these are folks that, you know, just like to stay active or sometimes we'll do 5Ks and 10Ks and different things. And, you know, they wear NDSS gear and, and they advocate in their own special way by doing different fitness activities. And so there's some fun ways there, but you're always welcome to come volunteer at any of our events or, or participate in any way. We would love to have folks involved. And before we conclude, is there anything else that you'd like to add about NDSS or your mission or anything really? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the only thing that I would add is, I mean, we've we've been doing this for 42 years and we've come so far as a community um, and we have really broken down, I think, some walls, but there's still a lot of work for us to do to make sure that the rights of people with Down syndrome are are, are always protected and that they are an equal member of, of every community. And so we will continue to, to work for, you know, towards those goals. And I'm just proud of our organization really putting the focus on people with Down syndrome syndrome first and foremost and in, in everything that we do yeah well thank you so much I think that's everything and I really I really do appreciate your time I think what you're doing absolutely is it's my pleasure thank you for inviting me